that you have put on my heart for today. It is the word that has penetrated my life. This church is just one example of your faithfulness and your goodness. And I know full well that because you are faithful, God, that this is not the end. This is one step on a long path because you are so, so good. I have no doubt about that. I know full well who you are, and I have seen your glory, and I have seen it to these people, and I am so, so thankful today. So Lord Jesus, I pray that we can rejoice. I pray that we can celebrate what you have done, and that we can know that it is not finished, that there is still more to be done, and you have called each and every one of us, each and every one of us, to take this gospel message to the entire world. Thank you, Father, for being so faithful. Thank you for being so, so good. God, we ask you now to speak to us in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our King. We ask these things in his name. tell you a little bit about um, the history. I guess I'll tell you a little bit about kind of how Simple Church came to be. Um, because I think that as I look at everything that's transpired over the past six years, as I look at everything that's happened, I kind of have to look back in hindsight. And in hindsight, you have this 2020 vision. You can see things clearly, you know, you can see things more clearly. And and, and what God was up to. Because here's the thing. When, when God speaks to you and God's working through you, most things that God calls you to do won't make sense at all. As a matter of fact, if it makes sense, then it may very well not be God calling you to it. That's just the reality of the way things are. Uh, because God wants to challenge your faith. He wants to challenge you to stretch yourself and to stretch your faith. Well, as time goes on, you can kind of see things in hindsight, and you can see what God was doing. I just want to do that for a few minutes today. I want to tell you that um, God's calling on my life to ministry. And maybe this will speak to some of you. Maybe some of you are called to ministry, and, and maybe some of you don't even know that right now. But maybe God's working on you, and, and, and maybe God will continue to work on you, and you'll see them, some things that you go, you know what? God's working on me in the same way. I want to say thank you to my brother Jameson, who God has obviously put a call on his life. This man has stepped up in, in, in place of my leaving and has preached the gospel and preached it well and preached truth that was solid. And I stand behind that man 110% in the truth that he has preached. He has preached some difficult lessons, some very hard lessons that a lot of people didn't want to hear, but he has done it faithfully. And I am so thankful for you doing that, Jameson. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe God's got great things in store for you. Um, and if God calls you one day to pastor another church, you call me. I'll come sweep the floors. I'm serious. I mean, I, that, that young man has got 
great potential in the kingdom of God, and I am so thankful for Jameson and him stepping up here and him preaching the gospel faithfully. When I think about to my calling and, and as God was working on me, um, I, I and we lived in, in Golden Springs, and uh, I cut the grass. Uh, we couldn't afford a riding lawnmower, and I had a push lawnmower, and, and that was a God thing, apparently. You think if you've got a push lawnmower, praise God for that, because that gives you more time for God to speak to you while you're cutting grass. So I would be cutting the grass, and I would have these things in my mind that I thought, if I could tell people about Jesus or about what I felt like God was was showing them or trying to encourage them to do, or or if I, I could just like, if I could express out of my heart what, what it is that, that, that I need to tell people about Jesus, this is what I would say. And, and I would have these thoughts, you know, and and, and I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's you know, that's got to be a God thing. I, I, I got to tell people this stuff, you know. And I come, come to find out later, looking back at hindsight, those were actually sermons. I didn't know that at the time. I just thought it was like, if I had to tell somebody something, this is what I would tell them. And some of you are having those same thoughts. Some of you are having those same thoughts that there are things that I need to tell people about what God is doing, what God has done in my own life, and I need to share those things. And yes, you do. Because we are all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single person. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are somebody that is called to minister the gospel to people. And so, as God continued to work on me, and uh, we went through several things, and building house, and all this kind of stuff, and to be very honest with you, not very faithful in our church attendance, not very consistent in attending church, um, bothered me quite deeply, bothers me quite deeply now to look back at that and say, man, I was wrapped up in other things and not very faithful in my attendance to church. And it's something that every one of us needs. We need to be connected with other believers and we need to be in the presence of, of God and we need to sing his praises and we need to, to be along other believers and worship together. So as Simple Church closes its doors, my, my message to you is this, is that do not, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Man, it is so important that you do that. Find a place. Plug in. And don't, do not, if, if Simple Church has taught you anything, do not just be an idle Christian sitting in a chair. Sitting in a chair, sitting up, you don't be one of those. Go to a church where you cannot hide. Go to a church where you have got to participate and you've got to do something. God has called each and every one of us to serve in some capacity. Do something. If Simple Church has taught you anything, it is that you are supposed to do something. Well, I wasn't very faithful in my attendance to church, and I didn't lead my family to church like I should have. But that started to change, and, and we got plugged into a church, and God really started to work on me. I, I, and, and he just absolutely broke my heart one day. Just absolutely broke my heart one day, and cried for a week straight. I thought I was losing my mind. And God was calling me to ministry. And uh, I was so in awe of that. I was like, the same God that, that called, like the Apostle Paul, is calling this in my life. He's, he's putting this calling on my life. And I was so humbled that all I could do was cry. I could just cry. And so I thought, because, you know, I thought, well, 
Well, what you need to do if God's calling you to ministry is you need to go to seminary school. Okay, well, I, I kind of said, I don't know what that looks like. I, don't, I mean, you know, I'm not a biblical scholar. I don't know a whole lot about the Bible. I don't, you know, whatever, okay. But so I applied to seminary. And six days later, my daughter was diagnosed with cancer. Six days later, Kenneth, my oldest daughter, was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, it rocked my whole world, of course. You know, like it would anybody. It shook me to my core. And I thought, I thought at that point in time, and I want you to listen to this carefully, I thought, God, if you have put this calling on my life and it's such a great and wonderful thing, why am I suffering like this? Why, why would this happen and then, and then I've got to endure this suffering? And maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you're asking God, God, why would you bring me to such a great and wonderful place, bring me to Simple Church and, 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 and build a family here and, and make some of the best friends I've ever had in my whole life and connect us together in a way I've never been connected before, only to have that shut the doors and us say, this is the end. Maybe you're feeling that way. Well, I have to fast forward a little bit. She was diagnosed with cancer, and, and God continued to stir in my heart. And I took one seminary class and failed it because uh, God just told me to leave that alone and, and, and care for Kenneth at that point in time and be with her, and I did, and she passed away. She passed away in June. And she was on the very brink of the cancer returning, and I knew things weren't good when the cancer returned, and I knew all that. Um, I had been begging God and begging God to heal her, heal her, God, please heal her. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I know that some of you have been in that same situation where you're praying for healing for somebody, and let me encourage you. To, yes, it's good to pray for healing, but to also hand that over to God completely. That's what I had to do. I said, God, I can remember exactly where I was. I mean, I was basically right over here. I was driving, and I've told many of you this before, but I was driving, and I was right over here in, in, in front of what used to be Golden Corral, right between Golden Corral and Target. I could show you the spot on the road where I was where I just broke down, and I said, God, if you have to take her life, for you to get glory, then so be it. The only thing I ask, the only thing I ask, Lord, is you get glory from her life. That you get glory from her life. I fully believe, I fully believe that the reason I'm standing up here today is because I lost my daughter. I know that, that like, we don't like to talk about that. We don't like to think about that. that but I, I, I feel like if Kenneth had lived and she hadn't passed away, I don't know that I ever would have been your pastor. I, I really don't believe that I would have been. Looking back in hindsight now, I can see how, how, how God was showing me some real things through that whole process. And he was drawing me closer and closer to him through all the pain, through all the suffering, through all the hurt. God was using that. 
He was using that to answer my prayer that I had prayed to him that, God, you get glory from her life. Well, as time went on, you know, I uh, felt this. I, I was never the kind of uh, preacher that was very good, so, um, you know, if God was going to make me a pastor, I was probably going to have to, like, start my own church because. I never got, like, these committees to travel around to look at people, to listen to them speak, to see if, you know, they're going to hire somebody who's being a pastor. I never made that radar. I never had a phone call that said, hey, will you come speak, and, you know, we want to consider you to be our pastor. What do you think? I never got any job offers or anything like that. I was not the kind of kind of preacher that where people would be like, oh, we need to get him to come be our pastor. Usually it was like, no, we don't want that guy. So... You know, God started to work on my heart um, about it was, uh, about starting a church, and I didn't know what that was. I was like, man, that is ridiculous. There's five jillion churches in Calhoun County. Why would God call me to start another church? But he doesn't let up on you. He continues to pursue you. He continues to have these things come into your mind over and over again. The closer you get to the Holy Spirit, the more the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. So just know that. If you're a Christian and you're going through the process of sanctification and God's growing this thing inside of you, he's going to be loud in your ears and, and sometimes you just want him to be quiet, but he's not going to be. Because you have this will and desire inside of you that God puts inside of you to, to do his will. And so I said, okay, all right, we'll see what this looks like. I had no idea. We didn't have, well, there was nobody. There was no worship leader. There was no sound system. There was no nothing. It was just like me and God talking about this idea that he had. And uh, things just started to come together. I can't explain it. Um, God just started to put things together. He, he brought Joey uh, alongside of us and, and Sound Solutions and all the things that they were able to bring. And, and then Kayla, um, bless her heart, she... She puts up with me a lot, so she said, hey, I'll be there for you. And then the, the band started to come together, and more and more people wanted to participate and be a part of it. I was like, oh, my gosh. This looks like kind of like a church, you know? And I was, I was looking at this place where um, this guy had offered us a space um, that we could start a church. Um, he was going to give it to us for free. It was a, a small space, and when I say it was small, it's about a third of this room. It's about how big it was. It. I went to look at it, and there was this uh, there was this family that was staying in the other half of the building, and they he was just letting them live there because they didn't have a place to live. Um, this is the kind of guy this was, and um, I, I went to look at the space, and this family saw me looking at it, and uh, I had left, and then I went back, and I said, "Hey, I just want y'all to know, I'm not here to take your building. I'm I'm not here to buy the building and and, and take your home from you. That's not why I'm here." And they were like, I breathed a sigh of relief. I just felt God telling me to go back and talk to them. And, uh, and I was just talking to them. And I said, I said, I really believe God's calling me to start a church. And these people were like, dude, I don't know why you're telling me this. Um, but I said, in, in that moment, God impressed upon my heart, what if it's called Simple Church? You know, what if it's, it's just simple? So I, I, I ran it by these folks that didn't even know me. They just some stranger talking to them about opening a church. And I said, I'm thinking about opening a church, and, and I feel like simple church is what it's supposed to be called. And, and these people that obviously had no relationship with Jesus whatsoever, they said, you know what? 
think I would go to a church called Simple Church. I think I would go and, and, and at least check that out. So that's how the name came to be. And then God opened some doors for a building. Um, the building was bigger than this one. And uh, we thought, you know, we'd probably have a couple dozen people there on the first Sunday. Uh, I think it was like over 300 people were there on their first Sunday. And I mean, we just rocked the building. The, the roof lifted off of the building. We were praising and worshiping. And, and you think it gets loud in here. Joey had it cranked up about three times what it is in here. So, um, but that was kind of the beginning. And that's what God kind of did. And then he brought this building into our lives. And uh, we redid this whole place. I mean, it, it didn't look anything like this when we started. Um, Brian Burchett, bless his heart, he's, he's here with us. He helped us basically remodel this whole place, and we had so many people chipping in and doing stuff, and I mean, it was just amazing the way it was coming together. And man, through all that, we were building a family, too. We were so connected, you know? It's like we were working together for something. We were all proud to be working for it. And I can see full well through that whole history of things that God was so faithful. That God was so faithful. And here we are at the last day um, where we're going to be worshiping together at Simple Church. And I don't have any doubts that, that God's faithfulness has just disappeared. <coughs> God's faithfulness has not just gone away. He's not just leaving us hanging out to dry. God's faithfulness continues. I looked up the word faithful in the dictionary because, like, I didn't know what it meant. But I looked up the word faithful, and I expected it to be some kind of homedrum, uh, you know, definition like full of faith. You know, like you would think that's what you would put on your uh, quizzes when you're in elementary school. What does is, what is faithful mean? Full of faith, right? Well, no, it actually means to be steadfast, to be resolute, uh, to, to something that you can hold on to. That's the adjective, faithful. It's to be faithful, something you can hold on to. And when we talk about the faithfulness of God, that's exactly what he is. He's steadfast. He's concrete. He's immovable, unshakable. He's faithful. And then there's another use of the term faithful, and it's talking about the noun, faithful. It's talking about the faithful. That's us, right? They're the faithful. They're the ones that are there. They're the ones that are a part of what God is doing. They're the faithful. And this word faithful has just been over and over again uh, just kind of rocking my world the past couple weeks. And, and I was thinking about, and I always go back to this, one of my favorite dudes in the, in the Bible is Job. Um, and I never really understood why people say, oh, he has the patience of Job. I never understood that. Because I don't know if they ever read the book of Job, but I don't know if I would call the dude patient or not. Because he don't really seem patient. But I will say this about Job. He does seem to be faithful. He does seem to be faithful. Because, I mean, he goes through this whole thing where he questions God. Um, he's, got, he's got some stupid friends that come along and, and try to give him a bunch of excuses to basically point out that, that he's done something wrong. And he says, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. So I'm going to read just a little bit from Job here at the, um, at the beginning of Job, just to kind of, I guess, kind of set the tone for what I'm going to be talking about today. 
It's not going to be up on the screen because sometimes being up on the screen just distracts people. So you can just listen or you can look on your phone or your Bible, whatever. There was once a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons, three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in the entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job, uh, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. Well, we know what happens to Job, do we not? We know that, that uh, God um, has a conversation with Satan. I'll, I'll read this first part to you because I think it's, it's noteworthy for us to say something that we've said a thousand, here in simple, a thousand times here in Simple Church. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Now, we have said this a thousand times in Simple Church, but when God asks a question, is it because he does not know? No. God is sovereign. God has his eyes on everything. Do you think he did not know where Satan was? Do you think that God was going, I wonder where Satan is today? I wonder what he's up to. No, he was giving Satan an invitation, and Satan knew full well what God was doing. And he says, where have you been? Tell me what you've been up to, Satan. And so they have this whole conversation about Job, and, and God says he's blameless, you know. He's a good man. So much so that even uh, just in case his, his, his children may have sinned, he'll go and put up a burnt offering for them and pray and ask God to forgive them just in case. That's a dude that, that is blameless right there, full of integrity. He's praying just in case they might have sinned, and he wants to pray for them. They may not be praying themselves, but he's going to pray for them. And what happens? Satan says, well, the only reason that he's, he's blameless and all this kind of stuff is because he's one of the richest people in the world, you know? In the known world, this time he's one of the richest people, and he's got everything, of course. Of course he gives you credit. He's got everything. He says, tell you what, let me test him. Let, let's, let's take away his stuff, and let's see if he still has integrity in. And so he does. Kids die, his servants die, all of his belongings are, are torn down, and he loses all of his livestock. We know the story, right? And then he's um, he's still, you know, talking to God, which that's the number one thing. When I talk about the faithfulness of Job, I want you to understand the thing that I that I see um, this man that is part of the faithful is that he never stops talking to God. He may question God. He may bring his, faith, his case before God, but he never stops talking to God. You know when you've got the biggest problem in your life is when you stop talking to God. When you, when you shut down that, that relationship and you stop talking to him, that's an indication of your, your biggest misstep right there. If you want an indication of your, of your faithfulness, of your being part of the faithful, look at your prayer life. Look at how much you talk to God. 
I'm not talking about in front of other people. I'm not saying the blessing in front of your family. I'm talking about how much do you individually talk to God? Even if it's asking Him questions, even if it's saying, God, I don't understand. God, why is this happening? At least you're still talking. Any relationship, the first breakdown is when you stop talking. When you stop talking to God, that's when you got your biggest problem. And Job, man, he never stops talking to God. His wife, um, what ends up happening is, is that Satan comes back and says, well, he's got everything, so... Um, you know, the reason that, that he's still faithful to you, Lord, is because um, he's still got his health. So God says, okay, very well, take away his health, but you can't touch his wife. And so I want to read to you a little bit from Job chapter 2. It says, all right, do with him as you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. So Satan left his, the Lord's presence and struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. He scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to, remain, to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But, Job replied, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. I don't know how you see today being the last day of Simple Church. Maybe you see it as something good. Maybe you see it as something bad. Whatever the case, it has come from a faithful God. It, 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 Job says here, he says, he says, are we only supposed to accept the good things and not the bad and say that that's from the Lord? I think about my daughter passing away. You know, I, 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 people say all the time, well, you didn't, you didn't have enough faith. You didn't pray hard enough. I promise you, I, I prayed as hard as I could possibly pray, and I wept and I screamed before God and, and did um, anything I could to get God to hear me. I know that he heard me. And I know that he loves me. And I accepted the bad with the good. And when she took her last breath, when the, the heart monitor was flatlining, and, and we knew that, that she was going to be with her Heavenly Father, um, we prayed. And we thanked God for her life. We thanked God for the years that we got to spend with her. That it was a gift. Those years that we got with her were a gift. And we thanked God. And when I spoke at her funeral, there were only two words that penetrated the whole message that, that I spoke there, and that was praise God. Praise God. Praise God for her life. Praise God for what he did through her life. Praise God that he sent his son to die for her, and she accepted that. And she was a follower of Jesus God, Jesus Christ. Praise God. What else is there to say? Whether it looks good or it looks bad, it comes from the hand of God, so praise God. In, in, in Job chapter 13, um, like I said, I'm skipping around a little bit here today, but in Job chapter 13, his friends have made their, their case for why he's suffering, and they tell him that he's doing all kinds of things wrong, and he's arguing with them, like, no, I have not. You don't know what you're talking about. 
And he says, well, the only thing left for me to do is take my case to God. Once again, communicating with his heavenly father, an indication of his faithfulness. He takes it to God. He says, though he slay me, though he is killing me, my only hope is in him. My only hope is in him. Some of us today, and we're struggling. It, it's, it, Christmas time just, just passed, and, 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 and it, it's hard because we think about the people that we used to spend Christmas with, and we, we think about the loss, and we think about the hurt, and we, we think about how things used to be and all that kind of stuff, and, and, and it, it's very painful for us. There's only one place to take that pain. There's only one place to take that hurt. And that is to take it to God and say, God, you know what? You were at work every single moment. Even through the painful stuff, the hurtful stuff, it all came from you. Praise God. <coughs> Praise God. And he takes his, his case to God. And so he, he has this whole conversation with God. Um, you know, pleading his case in it. He's not done anything wrong. He's remained blameless. He's full of integrity and all this kind of stuff. But he doesn't understand why this stuff is happening to him. And so God challenges him. He says, where were you when the foundations of the earth were created? Where were you when, when I made every single thing that exists on this world? Where, where were you, Job? Since you, since you think you know everything, he says, stand up and be a man here and listen to what I have to say. And God responds to him and says, where were you when the foundations of the earth were laid? Were you there? I want to clarify something with you. You're not going to understand everything God is doing. You're not going to understand everything God has said. There are some things that your heart is going to, it's going to twist your heart and, and, and kind of make you feel one way. But in reality, God's word says something else, and, and you're not going to be able to reconcile the two. That's where faith comes in. That's where you have to say, enough of me and what I think and what I believe and everything with what God has said is true. That's what it means to be part of the faithful. Jameson has preached some stuff re recently that, that some people are like, I don't know if I'm really buy that. I don't know if I'm really in on that. I can't really wrap my mind around it. When we talk about the doctrine of election, some people go, I, I don't like to hear that. Do you know why we say the doctrine of election? Because that's what it says in our Bible, the elect. And there's some things that people don't like about that. And, and, and I get it. It's hard. And people have this mentality when we talk about the elect to, to think of that as the elite. And that's not at all what the Bible says. He's talking about the elect. And that's a struggle for people to reconcile in their mind. I get that. I get that. But we're talking about God. And as hard as we try, as hard as we try to wrap our minds around everything that God has said, we never will be able to do it. We'll never be able to understand how it is that, that Jesus was God and he would, he would go off and pray to his Father. Was he praying to himself and he had the Holy Spirit? And like, like the Trinity, it's just as hard for us to understand. Existing as three in one. It's, it's Jesus praying to himself and he prays to his Father. You know, all these things, we're not going to be able to wrap our minds around it. You need to understand that. You're not going to be able to understand everything there is to know about God because he's infinitely wise and infinitely knowledgeable. And for us to, to think that we understand everything 
It's just pompous and arrogant of us. Sometimes we just have to take things on faith. And sometimes we have to say, I don't really understand it all, but I trust God. The same thing for your hurt and your pain and everything you experience in your life. The difficult times. You have to say, it all came from God. And I trust that He is doing something great and glorious. It is something that, that, that He has called me to. It is something that He is doing, and I trust Him. I trust Him. You're not going to be able to understand the things that God's doing in your life all the time. You're just not. I know it would be a lot easier if you could. You're just not going to be able to. But even in the difficult times, you know what you need to say? Though He slay me, I will hope in Him. He's the only place I can go to. Even if He's the one bringing the heartache and the turmoil and the difficulties on me, He's the only place I can go to. The refuge for solace. So I want to kind of take you to the end of Job real quick. Because God has kind of challenged Job. He's, he's told him all these things about how powerful and mighty he is. And I want you to think about um, I want you to think about simple church today as I kind of read these words. Then Job replied to the word to the Lord. I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You ask, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. Listen, listen to what Job says about God. You see, God had been very uh, gracious to Job and blessed him with lots of family and livestock and wealth and all of these kinds of things. Listen to what Job says about God. Through all of this, to having it all taken away. Now, at the end of Job, at the very end of Job, God blesses him even more than with even more than what he did have. But this is before that even happens. And listen to what Job says right here. It says, I had only heard about you before. But now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. I hope and I pray that through Simple Church, from beginning to end, that it has not just been about hearing about God, but I pray that you have seen Him with your own eyes. I pray that He has opened your eyes to see things that you had not seen before. A new way to worship God, a new way to be close to God, a new, a new way to embrace truth. I, I, have, I have been searching high and low to, to, to find some place that, that I can listen to truth and, and really embrace and and, and listen to other pastors and stuff, and I, I've I've looked around, you know, and I, I've listened and and all this kind of stuff, and there is so much garbage out there. There is so much crap. If you want to be biblical about it, we call it dung. There's so much crap out there. I hope and I pray that you guys won't go and listen to that. 
I hope that you guys will look for truth, that you'll embrace truth, and even hard truth, that not every single thing that you hear makes you come out with a big smile on your face. Because there are multiple levels to God's word, and not every single one of them makes you like jump for joy all the time. Sometimes it impresses upon your heart that there needs to be change that happens in your life. And that's painful to have your heart ripped open and you know, look inside and see what's really there. My prayer for you is that Simple Church has opened your eyes to real genuine worship, to truth that God has spoken. And, and, and we take no credit for that. That is what God has done. At the end of Acts chapter 2, when, when the believers are gathering together and they're breaking bread and they're going to the temple and they're, they're, they're just hanging out together and going into each other's houses, which is not very COVID-friendly. They're going into each other's houses and they're, um, they're, they're, they're spending time together. You know what it says at the end of Acts chapter 2? And Christ added to their fellowship daily. Christ is the one that adds to it. And, and, and what is... What is what does Job says? Job says, you know, whether whether it's adding to or taking away, whether it's the opening of simple church or the closing of simple church, it all comes from the Lord, and it's cause to, to rejoice in its faithfulness because he's doing something. Maybe what we can't see right now, but I believe in hindsight we'll be able to see it very clearly. Maybe in 10 years down the road. Maybe in 20 years down the road. Maybe it'll be in our grandkids' lives. I don't know. But we have to trust. We have to trust and say, God is faithful. He has been so, so good to me. Even in this day when we're kind of mourning the loss of, of Simple Church, He has been so, so good. So I want to leave you with a challenge. This is, um, you know, Jameson read to you from uh, Revelation 22, talking about being in the presence of God that that's how the story ends. And that's the reason that we can have hope, because we already know how, how the story ends, right? That God will dwell with his people, and there, there won't even be day or night. It's just the glory of God will shine from his throne, and we'll have sustenance all the time. We won't have to, to necessarily um, work for our food. It'll just be there. And, and the glory of God will sustain us all day long, and we'll just be able to praise God. A lot of people get wrapped up in the mansions and streets of gold. I don't care. I just want to be able to praise God for all of eternity. But you and I have work to do. Simple church is not over. We have sent people out and people are going and serving in different places in the world. And I told everybody from the very beginning that I didn't want simple church to be a place where, where you just kind of get stuck and you just hang out there and, and that's the end. That we're supposed to take what we've learned here and we're supposed to go and take it elsewhere. Go and influence this world with the gospel and show them that, you know what? You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to look a certain way. You can just love Jesus and embrace this gospel. And change the world. Change the world. When I think about the things that we've done here, man, packing these boxes and boxes and boxes of food for new man. The impact of people in Haiti. So people in Haiti can have food. Children in Haiti can have food. 
When I think about the, the wagons that we made for Children's Hospital, and we, we filled them up with toys, you know, and, and stuff for um, the kids that are there, and they don't really have a whole lot to do, and, and uh, I didn't go with them to take the wagons, but they said, man, they, they expected us to just donate a few wagons and then have a nice day, but it, it was like we kept bringing in and bringing in and bringing in these these things for uh, for the child life specialists to use with the children, and, and they were just overwhelmed by it. And then, and then, you know, one of the last things we did before COVID started was that we we packed food for um, for for kids that are having to not eat when they're at home. You know, they're used to getting a meal at school and they weren't getting that, so we we packed to go bags for them. You know, and that's one of the last things we did before uh, before COVID really set in. We just went to Sam's and just started buying stuff. And then once we got halfway done, we didn't realize we were halfway done. Uh, we, we, we filled up the trailer about halfway and we said we got to go back in so we just went back in and bought another another round of stuff and we packed it up and sent it to the schools and, and then when uh, when COVID was going strong and our healthcare workers needed needed help um, we sent meals over to Children's Hospital from uh, from here you know we, we paid for the the staff there to eat and, and brought them food and I, I remember them talking and saying how big is your church? How, how big is this group of people that's supplying all this? It's not about how big the church is. It's about how big the God is. And that God has not gone away and He is still faithful. He is still so, so good. I want you to hear this. This is what Paul challenges Timothy with. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether it is time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers that will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep clear a mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. There's still work to be done. There's still work for all of us to do. My hope and my prayer is that Simple Church has taught you something, that through this you have not just heard about God, but you have experienced God and you have seen Him with your own eyes. And if you have seen Him with your own eyes and He has touched your life, then you will not sit still and you will not do nothing going forward. You'll have to do something with this great and wonderful gift called grace that He has given to all of us. We can't sit idly by and do nothing. This is a time for us to take the next step. This is a time for us to, to go beyond. To take what we have learned here and, and what we have felt here and experienced here and do something with it. You know why? Because even though we're kind of sad about we're saying goodbye to a lot of our family, and we'll still keep in touch, we will. We'll still be friends and all of that kind of stuff. And, Still seeing each other friend requests on Facebook, but 
is so faithful. And he is so, so good. And even when you want to shed those tears today, and some of us will, because we're going to worship and, and we're going to end on a high note today, as a matter of fact. Um, just, let, just let your eyes see God today. And let him inspire you to do something with what you have seen. Let me pray for you. Father, it's not easy. It's not easy, God, to, to trust and to say, whatever you have, Father, I accept it and I embrace it. It's, it's hurtful a lot of times. It's painful. Now, but we know that it has a purpose. We know the simple church has a purpose. God, and though we may be closing the doors and and though we may not be meeting here anymore, God, I, I just pray that people will see the purpose and the plan that you had in this place. God, you put a calling on each and every one of our lives, and that calling is to go and to tell. Father, I pray wholeheartedly that if there is somebody in here that does not know you, if there is somebody in here that has, has never committed their life to you, Lord, I pray that you have opened their eyes and you have let them see you. And God, they have no choice but to respond to you. God, I pray that, that they would come and fall down on their face before you. God, and say, rescue me from myself. Lord, because that's the first step. That's the first step. Once we do that, it becomes less about us and about everybody else. So God, I pray that we would take the next step, which is to go and tell God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who laid down his life willfully for us. God, what looked like something awful and terrible turned out to be the greatest moment in human history, and that is when your son laid down his life for us because he was raised on the third day. So, Lord, I pray that we remember that. What looks bad right now, God, on the other side of eternity, is good because you are faithful and you are so, so good. Thank you so much for this precious word. Thank you so much for these people. God, I pray that we just worship now. God, if somebody doesn't know you, I pray that they would fall down on their face before you and, and God surrender their lives to you. God, I pray that your will be done in this place. I pray that we just surrender to you right now. And God, that we would just see you right now as we see your